Playing video games is something that most people consider just a pastime, a hobby, or even unproductive. Personally, when I was young, my parents didn't like me playing video games. And like, I told my parents, you know, this could get me somewhere. That somewhere could turn out to be lucrative. The realm of esports is still new, but the top players are already getting big name endorsements and even bigger cash prizes. High schools are launching esports programs. Universities are beginning to offer scholarships. In the last 10 years, you know, we went from pretty much no scholarships, no space, no internships, no jobs. Now there's, you know, scholarship money up for grabs, there's cash prizes up for grabs, and that's, that's a pretty big incentive. And companies are actively scouting esports athletes for jobs in the tech field. If you look at our aerospace customers, robotics, cybersecurity, even the military missions, they are all looking at esports and gaming as a new area to find, recruit, retain talent. San Antonio is part of this new trend. In this episode of KSAT Explains, we're taking a look at what San Antonio is doing to become a player in this new arena, plus the potential benefits of esports to student athletes, the professional players, and the city itself. KSAT Explains. KSAT Explains. KSAT Explains. KSAT Explains. And in-depth perspective. Perspective on stories we bring you in our newscasts throughout the day. We're looking into concerns over voting safety during a pandemic and the battle over mail-in voting. A look at how the protests and demonstrations have played out in our city and an examination of what it means to be black in San Antonio. An issue that you have likely felt the effects of, rising property taxes. The roots of Tejano run deep in South Texas. We examine the cultural impact the music has had in San Antonio. In this week's episode, all about esports. Esports. So, does anybody here know what League of Legends is? Okay, does anybody here know what Rocket League is? No. What about Tekken? Is that, the, is that the sound that the guy makes in Mortal Kombat? So, you're probably wondering how I got here. Or rather, you're probably wondering, who even is this? Hey there, my name is Valerie Gomez. I am the video editor and graphic artist for KSAT Explains, and I'm also the resident gamer on the team. So they let me take the reins for this episode so that I could explain what esports are exactly. Let's start at the beginning. Esports stands for electronic sports. Electronic as in video games. Esports are essentially just competitive video games. And there's a variety of genres of games that are included. For example, sports, games like FIFA or NBA 2K first-person shooter games like Call of Duty, and fighting games like Super Smash Bros., Tekken, and Mortal Kombat. Many of the games played competitively are team-based, and different games have their own distinct leagues with a certain number of teams or players. Leagues run for a predetermined amount of weeks, which would be considered their regular season, just like a regular season in the NFL or NBA. Teams or players are ranked based on performance and play each other throughout the season. Eventually, the top two teams or players make it to the playoffs, and then the top two teams or players compete in the finals. The prize pools for these tournaments can be incredibly lucrative. One of the most popular games for esports, Dota 2, 
has their final tournament after a year-long season. The prize pool for the 2021 tournament was just over $40 million. The winning team ended up taking home more than $18 million to split between five team members. Another game that you might be familiar with is Fortnite, and their World Cup finals had a prize pool of $30 million in 2019. All that to say that there's some real financial returns with putting the dedicated time and effort into practicing a video game. Just keep in mind that getting to top player status and winning these kinds of prizes involves the same amount of commitment that any traditional athlete has to have to get into a professional sports league like the NBA. So where do you start if you want to compete? Once they feel confident enough, a gamer can look up local or regional tournaments to get started in esports. It's where a player starts and begins to grow their skills. Most of these tournaments also come with a small registration fee, which goes into a small prize pool so players can win money as they work their way to the top. The way that the new people are going to get better is by playing the, the veteran, uh, really good players. This leads us into one of the challenges when it comes to esports at the grassroots or beginner level, funding. Chris Sines is the CEO of Texas Gaming Empire, a local organization that hosts tournaments and provides educational opportunities for gamers in San Antonio. He's also the director of the eSports program for YMCA of Greater San Antonio. A lot of the tournaments and events happen to be like, well, the entry fee may be $20 and like 10 goes to the prize pool, but the other 10 has to go to like a venue or, or the, the, the organization running it as well because we've got our overhead costs. Um, so, you know, you, it's hard to find that balance of like competitor players who like want those huge, huge prize pools versus, uh, you know, casual competitive players who are just getting in the scene. Another element that's specific to esports is live streaming on platforms like Twitch and YouTube. Individual gamers can live stream themselves practicing their games, and this lends a level of accessibility that most traditional sports don't have. People can message players in chat, follow them on social media, and meet them at tournaments. I've actually done that a few times myself. Tournaments themselves will have production teams dedicated to live streaming the event with commentators, graphics, and all the elements you would expect from a traditional sports broadcast. There's a whole industry around esports that's really being fostered and cultivated. Um, so, you know, it's more than just gaming, but it's like the broadcasters behind it, the marketing behind it, the graphic design behind it. Um, so it's really a whole industry. And there is money to be made in that industry. Every year, the U.S. video gaming industry generates $90 billion in economic output and supports 429,000 jobs. That's according to a 2020 report from the Entertainment Software Association. And that industry doesn't just include esports, it also includes video game developers and publishers, distributors, video game stores, and arcades. Here in Texas, the annual economic impact estimated to be 4.1 billion with 25,000 jobs. When we talk specifically about esports, many in the gaming industry believe that hosting tournaments can benefit a city's local economy. It's one of the reasons that Port SA decided to build an esports arena right here in San Antonio. The Tech Port Center and Arena is the first in the nation to be built from the ground up, and it's expected to be a competitor to the already established esports venues. But Port SA says it's not just about the gaming. It's about taking those skills and building a new generation of talent. This is what the Tech Port Center and Arena will look like when it's completed later this year. The nearly $70 million center sits at the heart of the Port SA campus. A 3,300-seat arena, a food hall, an eSport gaming center, the first one built in the United States from the ground up, a tech transfer area, and the SAMHSA Museum. There are arenas that host esports events all around the country, but San Antonio will soon have the first arena built from the ground up specifically to host and broadcast esports tournaments. 
I was recently in Las Vegas at the HyperX Arena and it was a converted restaurant. Recently took a trip to Dallas to their eSport Arena, which is a converted convention center. So they all have great attributes to them. But I think what we do is we bring the next level of it. We bring the data, we bring um, the um, technology to it. We bring the ability to broadcast which we're really excited about. The goal to bring in large events and tournaments, spur economic growth and serve the San Antonio community. Everyone will have access to the center. To foster our, our local community and give them a place where they can gather and create their own events and build them specifically for our city. So will this $70 million investment be worth it? It's probably too soon to say, but we reached out to the chief revenue officer at eSports Stadium Arlington, the stadium block he says he recently visited. Here are a few things they say have been key to their success. Strong partnerships, support from the city of Arlington, and the ability to diversify, making sure they're not billing their arena as only for competitive gaming. They also host other events there. Still, they say about 60% of their events every year are eSports specific. Besides the potential economic impact of tournaments and events, there is another reason Port SA decided to invest in this center, the talent they hope to attract. If you look at our aerospace customers, robotics, cybersecurity, even the military missions, they are all looking at eSports and gaming as a new area to find, recruit, retain talent. The tech port also represents something else for director of land gaming and esports, Sam Elizondo. Elizondo, who grew up in the San Antonio area, sees the tech port center and arena as an opportunity to transform kids' lives. The tech port center, um, I think, will be an eye opener for anybody that's at home, right? Because you have everything there for you. There's going to be gaming, there's going to esports, you're going to have the entire museum, robots. Just gives me hope. In, in a time where there may not be as much all the time, especially for our kids. Just great satisfaction to know that we're building something here that I know is going to change lives through a medium that I genuinely and truly love. Plans for the Tech Port Center include providing developmental programs for both professionals and students to give them more exposure to esports that they might not otherwise get. But even before those plans were set, local kids were getting familiar with esports because more schools are creating esports teams. Andrew Seeley introduces us to some of the local student athletes and coaches who say that what they're getting out of this sport comes down to much more than just winning games. My name is Caitlin Pimienta. Uh, I am the director of esports here at St. Mary's University. My name is Caitlin Chapizzi. I've been playing Overwatch since its release in 2014. My name is, uh, in Spanish it would be called Alan Hernandez, and in English it would be Alan Hernandez. Currently I am playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And I'm Andrew Seeley, sports reporter and producer here at KSAT 12. And talking with all of these people, players and coaches from different aspects of the San Antonio esports culture, there's two things they all point to in terms of how they got involved in esports to begin with, passion and opportunity. Three, two, one, go! I loved playing video games as a kid, and I was like, I should make a club about this. And it comes to my surprise that there's already a club about this, and I'm like, what? The coaches and students here are very nice and cooperative, which made me want to join. At UIW, when Caitlin first joined the esports club, there wasn't a team for Overwatch, which is a first-person shooter game. So, she started one. Get in there, Bob! I found enough people after scrounging for a couple of weeks who were willing to play on a team with me. We had such a wide uh, variety of skill groups. We had people that hadn't played the game ever before, 
uh, we started and then we had people like me who had been playing for a while. Finding people on campus that had the same love for the game that I did really helped me find like my place on, on this campus. Um, it gave me a group of friends instantly that I went everywhere with. While Caitlin and Alan are involved in clubs, St. Mary's eSports team is a varsity athletic program. The players are all considered student athletes and they compete in their very own eSports arena. So naturally, there's a noticeable change in intensity, but the benefits remain the same. The people that you meet, the, the friendships that you make, the networking, networking that you can do with your peers, skills needed in a workplace, communication, giving feedback, working with different ideas, working you know, to, to solve different challenges. And nine times out of 10, you know, students will rise to the expectations you give them or they will rise to the challenges you give them. There's no shortage of people who love video games here in the Alamo City, but Tenienta believes the next big step will come from high schools nurturing esports programs of their own. And the Rattlers are doing what they can to help foster that growth. We've adopted this building bridges mentality. When we talk to high schools, um, about esports or you know invite them to our campus it really is about offering ourselves as a program uh, as a resource to them now at jefferson high school esports coach robbie hernandez has seen the growing pains of starting a program firsthand and there are many challenges he has had to navigate first and foremost students having technology at home they want to play these games but they don't have an Xbox, they don't have a PlayStation, they don't even have a gaming computer or internet sometimes. The internet's the biggest thing I can't fix, but we have rental programs where students can take home a gaming PC and monitor uh, for $30 a month, so very affordable to our kids here. The Mustangs program began in October of 2020, and at first, the roster dwindled from 15 to six. But those six players made their voices heard on campus and told Hernandez they wanted to keep the program alive. Those six grew into almost 30 this year. Uh, and with more just coming through our doors every single day. Hey, when are the Rocket League tryouts? Oh, can I come and play Smash tomorrow? Like, they want to come in and do it. And now that we have 30 kids filling up our lab every single day, kids walking out of the school, they hear it. They hear the cheering, they hear the commotion. They're like, what's going on in there? <laughs> and that is ultimately what this is all about providing legitimate avenues for players of all skill levels to pursue their passion. It really means esports has some place to go and it's not just something that I'm doing for fun. I mean, I feel like I'm really helping set up esports for the future. In 10 years, I would want to see esports like as a big thing because currently not many people are aware of this. But in 10 years, I hope that it expands and gets known for, for like more kids to obtain a better career. In many ways, this recent eSports boom is just the beginning. We'll keep track of what develops with the Techport Center and Arena and give you the very latest. Thanks for joining us for this episode of KSAT Explains. I'm Myra Arthur. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>